It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pumped hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. Coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter at bzetechshow. My name is Natalie Bucknell and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Michael Steindl and Kay Wenigal. Today we will be talking to Tim Stock. He's the chairperson of the National Green Power Steering Group. If you take a look at the Green Power website, you'll see that the program is a government-managed scheme that enables Australian households and businesses to displace their electricity usage with certified renewable energy, which is added to the grid on their behalf. Hello Tim and welcome to our show. Hi, thanks for having me. Tim, can you kick us off with a bit of an overview about how green power works? Sure can. So, as we are Australia's only government-run independent accreditation scheme for renewable energy, we, we provide a very easy and credible way for any electricity customer to offset their energy use with renewable energy. So, I mean, currently any electricity that you use from the grid is very emissions intensive with over 80% coming from the burning of fossil fuels, the lion's share of which is coal. So green power is available to any electricity customer which they can request from their electricity retailer. And when they do so, the um, retailer is then committed to purchasing the equivalent amount of green power from renewable energy generators and therefore adding it onto the grid on the customer's behalf. We have a independent auditing system that checks the sales of green power that the retailers have committed to to make sure they've purchased the correct amount of green power that was committed to the customer. So in a nutshell, by purchasing green power, you ensure that you're adding additional investment of renewable energy over and above any business as usual obligations and thereby supporting Australia's renewable energy sector. So if I, if I want to take this up, what's it going to cost me? It's a good question. So there is a range of of green power products that a customer can ask from an energy retailer. Um, And generally that means there's a a certain amount of the energy that you want to offset. So you can offset anywhere from 10% of your energy use up to 100% of your energy use. If you were to offset 100% of your energy use, it would cost you around 20 to 25% extra on your energy bill. Okay. Yes. So it's not, not insignificant. But no, for a hundred percent. But that that goes um, that reduces significantly if you're only doing ten percent or or twenty percent worth of green power. So every little bit counts. So it's not insignificant, but it obviously all that money goes directly, or the lion's share of it goes to the generators in supporting renewable energy in Australia. It's a very very small percentage of that goes to the generators and to ourselves to administer the program. Right, that makes sense. So people can can choose their level of contribution depending on their means. So how did the Green Power program come about and how long has it been operating? Well, we are, I believe, the world's first renewable generator accreditation scheme that began in 1997. So we've been around a a long time. 
1997, 20 years. Yeah, so 20 years. So it's been around since 1997. It was basically the brainchild of the New South Wales government, originated from the New South Wales government with in consultation with the various non-government organisations such as Choice, Greenpeace, the ACF or the Australian Conservation Foundation and then WWF. So it came about with the really the main aims of the program, and these haven't changed over the time, is to encourage growth in demand for renewable energy, to drive additional investment back into the sector, and also provide a credible consumer choice for renewable energy products. And so we still do all of those three things, even to this day. And Tim, are there any states that aren't involved in the program? Well, we are a, a national program, so we cover all of Australia. But the way the Green Power Program works is we're run by the steering committee, of which I am the chair, but the steering committee is, consists of national governments that voluntarily want to contribute to the overall direction and running of the program. So we currently have New South Wales as a, as a member. We have this uh, ACT, we have ACT and we have... Victoria and South Australia. So we don't have Queensland, Tasmania or Western Australia, but they have the opportunity to opt in to become a a member on the steering committee if they like. It doesn't impact the availability of green power to customers anywhere in Australia. It just means that those governments have chosen to have more of an active voice in the running of the program. Tim, could you just clarify for me, this sounds like quite an unusual body in terms of its organisation and running and and power structure, no pun intended, (laughs) is it actually a government body or who who has the final say on it? Did the commercial bodies, the the generators and so on, just agree voluntarily to go into this? Was there any uh, pressure on them to do that? Sorry, on the the other governments to to, to participate? To actually put together this green power scheme to get this cooperation happening um who who actually is the authority or is it just a a cooperative that everyone's agreed to do the right thing or what yeah it's a cooperative made up of the member jurisdiction so we have a program deed and so all governments that are wanting to participate and have an active voice in the running of the program sign a deed that says so the way it works is the operation of the program so the, is made up of the steering group. The steering group gives power to the program manager, which is currently the New South Wales government, to be able to run and administer the program on behalf of the steering group. So every member in the steering group has a vote. So what all all type of oper- large operational significant directional changes of the program or anything that's strategic in nature needs to go through the steering group and the steering group each member has a vote and that's how we have a voting system that enables us to make decisions on how to run the program. And are the generators part of that steering group? No they're not but it's a it's a good good question because what we have undertaken as as Green Power we've undertaken a Green Power um, program review to make sure we remain relevant and current for customers and so in this it was determined that that there was a um, perhaps a, a better way that we could engage in making sure that we have all different sectors being able to contribute into the design and running of the program. So the, we are looking at, at creating a stakeholder advisory group, um, and this is in order to be able to get access and be able to provide a voice to the generators as well as to consumer advocacy groups, mm-hmm. as well as retailers, and making it, giving a voice to the industry and consumers and make it not just that the government's making the, the decisions. While the steering group will still remain, um, have veto, 
um, it's providing a channel for the industry and other parties to be able to participate in a greater way to the Green Power Program. Hmm. So just to clarify, Tim, is the federal government at all associated with this program or is it purely state governments? It is state governments currently, yep. Right. So what's the impact been since the, since ninety seven when you founded it? Well, it's been significant to say the least. So since 1997, we've leveraged over $1.5 billion worth of additional investment into into Australia's renewable energy sector. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it, it's really quite significant. We've also created 450 megawatts worth of actual generation capacity, which is to give that into scale is around, it is three times the size of Australia's largest solar farm. So we have leveraged that as well as over... With 18 million tonnes of emissions reductions. And, yeah, so that's kind of the impact, I mean, that, that we've had to date and we hope long may it continue. And, Tim, can you give us a, an idea of how it's going in recent years compared to the earlier years? Yeah, it's, we've seen, I suppose, a decline in numbers and customer numbers that we've received. So, and I think this is due to a contribution of factors. So when we first were around in the early days, there was no other way that, that customers could, or no other really accessible ways that customers could access renewable energy. Whereas, as you know now, that 15% of Australian households have solar installed, for instance. So arguably the market that was purchasing green power was has now... Um, migrated over to purchasing solar panels as well as the carbon the introduction of the carbon price and the renewable energy target that is trying to do some of this lifting that green power was doing on its own originally in the early days so while we still have a very significant customer base of over 300,000 customers um, that is not at the of the of the heights when it was originally um, in the first few years of operation can you clarify what you mean by carbon price do you mean the carbon tax yeah, it is the carbon price, yes. Right, was. Was, yes, sorry. Was, yep. <laughs> so how's the Green Power pro- Program been viewed by the um, the generators and the retailers? Well, we have almost, I can't say every single retailer, but I think we're, we're very close to having a full suite of every retailer being, being able to offer Green Power, and they all have to become accredited, what we call an accredited provider. So we have very strong support from retailers and just recently there was uh, occasionally retailers provide offers to the market that add green power in as part of their product offering. What I mean by that is they'll go out and advertise and say that if we'll, if you sign up, we will give you 20% green power for the first year, for instance. And so they are continually doing that and finding it a really good marketing leverage for themselves. As for the generators, we have approximately 150 generators across the country and we consistently with the new generators coming on board we we um, basically are accrediting most of the um, generators that are coming on board so they're finding it again it is another uh, revenue stream for the generators so they also find it a, um, a very useful product to have in the market because it's over and above the mandated requirements that would come from retailers purchasing their output. So it provides them another opportunity to get a revenue stream, which would be from people looking to purchase additional renewable energy and making the the choice themselves. Something I'm totally confused about, and I suspect many others, is the relationship to your Green Power program and the RET. Um, Can you tell us what is the RET and how it's different and what the relationship is with you? 
Yes, no wonder you're confused. It is quite a, the energy market is quite a complicated space, and so it's not surprising that there, there can be some confusion around this. So the renewable energy target is basically an obligation for electricity retailers to purchase a certain amount of renewable energy um, each year. And the renewable energy target is a target that means that by 2020, we have to reach... 30,000 gigawatt hours of renewable energy being purchased and in the grid by 2020. So that renewable energy target, the way that retailers prove their obligations on how they're meeting this target is that when a renewable energy generator generates a megawatt hour of electricity, if it's from a renewable energy source, it also generates a large, what they call a large-scale generation certificate. And that is basically a certificate that says, yes, this megawatt hour of energy is zero emissions or renewable energy. So what that means is that the retail parties have to purchase a certain amount and that certificate then has a financial value because the retailers are obligated to buy them. Mm -hmm. So the way green power works, the retailers are obligated to buy them and then surrender them against the target to the clean energy regulator. So the way green power fits into this is that When a a, a renewable energy generator generates that LGC, a customer, instead of a retailer able able to surrender that LGC to the clean energy regulator, they will be able to voluntarily surrender that LGC through the Green Power Auditing Program. What it means is that retailers can't surrender that towards the obligation, which means additional investment and demand for LGCs, which drives the additional investment in renewable energy. I can try and explain that in a different way. I do appreciate it is a complex task. So uh, uh, um, let me try it. If I'm correct, they can spend their green power money or their, their renewable money either by surrendering to the RET or by surrendering to green power, but not both. Exactly. Okay, so they use it up if they surrender it to you, and in that case then the RET target still has to be met so as you say additional demand has to be built additional supply has to be built absolutely michael that is correct yeah okay for those of you who have just joined us we're talking to tim stott from green power and we're discussing how green power works so how's this funded tim well the green power program is we're fully industry funded so what that means is that we work out what the administration costs are for running our auditing process to ensure that the Providers and the generators are accredited um, appropriately as well as doing the appropriate surrenders that they are required for the commitments that they've made. And we work out what that costs as well as the program development. And once we've determined what that cost is, we then provide a volumetric fee or we provide a fee structure to the retailers and the, the, sorry, the providers, which are also electricity retailers, and the generators pay us a fee every year to cover the cost of running the program. So we collect those fees and that provides us the ability to be able to run and administer the program. So kind of going back to the LGCs and surrendering them, Tim, what what if retailers or generators don't honour their commitments with green power? What What if your audit reveals that a retailer hasn't fulfilled their obligation? It's a great question. And what happens is that we... If the auditor um, identifies a discrepancy between what's um, been committed to and what has actually been surrendered is that we um, issue a breach notice. So we issue a breach notice to, to effectively let the 
party know that the, this discrepancy has happened and that they need to make good on their discrepancy within a certain time frame. And then we obviously will hope that that discrepancy is overcome and, and rectified. If it isn't, then after the, the first breach notice, we then um, have the ability to cancel the contract. Sorry, I forgot to mention we have provider contracts. So in order for us to accredit the providers and the generators, we enter into contracts with them that they have obligations under those contracts, that the information they provide is correct, for instance, and that they have certain conditions on which they need to meet. One of them is that they meet their obligations under their committed sales. So we do a breach of contract notice first off, and then if they don't do that, then we cancel the contract. And interesting and importantly, in the contract there is a, um, a provision that says any breach of contract or cancellation of contract, there is a 28-day period in order to provide the customer a refund of any predetermined sales. And have you had to implement this kind of consequence at, at any point? So in the 20 years that we've been running, we have issued only one breach notice. It's a very rare occurrence, so it just shows in terms of the, the, the kind of credibility that we have people as it's reflect negatively onto the participants that are, that are going through this program for them not to do their appropriate obligations. And if that is the case, it's, it's been through the business being in financial troubles and actually going into administration and not existing any further. So it's due to a business not being able to continue, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it reflects really well on the um, the profile of this the scheme that you know. Th- yeah, and that credibility is um, it's such a vital issue in a small amount of solar sales work I've done. One of the issues that comes up with people is if if I'm paying for green power, how do I know it's really happening? How do I know the money's just not being siphoned off somewhere? So yeah, and um, Michael, you're right. And even before I joined Green Power, I was when I was a customer and I used to purchase. I had the exact same questions and I can I am obviously now the chairperson of the Green Power program but we have been working it was part of the program review that indicated that we don't know where this credibility issue is, is come from but it is real in, in the market and we're really striving to educate people to make sure that, that it isn't real and it's not a money grab by retailers and it's not a it's a fanciful scheme it is real renewable energy additional renewable energy being put into the grid and importantly it's being able to be accessed by people that don't have any other choice for renewable energy. So yeah, if you live in an apartment and can't put solar panels on. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it's, it's really available. It's very equitable. It's available to everyone. And so we're working on, on that credibility. Yeah. Just for um, completeness, let's mention the STCs, the small-scale certificates. They're not in this at all, are they? They're allocated for things like domestic solar panel installations. Yes. We do all our offsetting through the large generation certificates. And the reason being is because the STC market isn't capped. And so what that means is that every year it fluctuates. It means that we wouldn't be driving additional investment, so we just don't count it. So the the price of LGCs also fluctuates with demand. So what do the retailers do if the price they've set for green power doesn't cover the cost of the equivalent LGCs? They're obligated with the contractual arrangements that they have with their customers. So if they've sold a green power product, they are able to change what the cost of the green power is for the customers in their billing cycles and how they do normal cost change of pass-throughs to the customers. So they basically can change those costs according to what the price is. All retailers have, there is a market of 
what they call LGC trading, and that really depends. And there's a spot market for LGCs. They they have different sourcing strategies, and one could be, for instance, going out and building their own generation so they can control that supply of LGCs, and others is buying it on the spot market. There is a real different sourcing strategies from these providers to get their LGCs. To answer your question, for green power, unless the customer has a contract that's locked in the green power price, and I'm not sure whether providers are providing that or, or not, but there, there may be, then that would be the case where they wouldn't be able to change the prices. But otherwise, I assume the prices changes along with any other electricity price changes and they would deal with it in the same way. Right, that makes sense. Tim, I'm, I'm still just um, getting this RET versus Green Power thing clear in my head. The RET, as I understand, is the federal government mandated target that the, the generators have to buy as the given proportion of renewable energy target power. When they buy that, they've effectively bought green power. Do they get to on sell that to customers as a special category, as green power distinct from your green power? No, and this is a really good point, Michael, because... That's the whole premise of, of green power is, is that we're additional. So what you're referring to is sometimes referred to as on-selling, and we absolutely believe that if you on-sell, the emissions reduction is related to the LGC. So two parties can't claim emissions reductions with the same LGC. No, I so if you on-sell, it, yeah, but, it can be... Sorry, Michael, yep. No, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, it's just, if you've generated extra renewable capacity, that's fine, but yeah. that's not the same capacity as under the RET. The capacity that's generated under the RET, can they not sell that separately as well? Well, it depends what you mean by under the RET. So if they're generating capacity to then sell those LGCs to retailers so that they can meet their RET obligations, mm. those ones cannot be on-selled uh-huh. into the secondary market for LGCs where voluntary purchases of LGCs are done and then surrendered. Um, I, I thought they might be able to actually um, sell them to their customers, effectively saying uh, this proportion... This- uh, yeah, so what that would be, is, uh, is that's that's the makeup of... Um, so they have what's called... It's, gets a bit more complicated, but they have like a grid, a grid emissions factor. So what I mean by that is that retailers, by doing all this, can say, well, the energy that I'm delivering you is already 20% renewable, because it is from the grid. It's currently standing about 20%. Yep. So, but that's different. And that that's part of the red obligation is to get that 20% up to 25% and 20 okay. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the scale. What we're talking about is over and above yep. that business as usual. So... All right, Therefore, so that's, that's yeah. just part of their standard package that they exactly. have to... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, I know this might be a difficult question for you, but if I wanted to reduce my greenhouse emissions, yep. am I better off buying green power or installing solar PV? It's another good question, and we don't think that they are mutually exclusive. We're certainly supportive and encourage households and business to investigate the feasibility of on-site solar PV, what we find, though, is that the way that green power fits in and complements putting solar on is that most people, when they're putting solar on their roofs, they still are using some energy from the grid. So they're still using grid electricity. So what we would suggest is that, yes, please go and put solar on your, your rooftop. But if you are concerned about the emissions reduction, then you still should offset your any energy that you use from the grid with green power. So that may be, it'll be a much less amount, but we still recommend that that is is green power. But we also think they should work together. And again, just reiterating that not everyone can put solar on their roof. So that's why green power is an equitable and really accessible 
product mm. for all those that can't do that. Yep, of course. So what, what's the future of green power, Tim, with the existing RET running out in 2020, since the, the system's based around the trading of LGCs, what's the position of the program beyond that time? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So the 2020 is the deadline for the target to be reached, so I need 33,000 gigawatt hours a year. But the, the way that that actually works is the... The target goes out to 2030. So while the target of, of 33,000 gigawatt hours a year needs to be met by 2020, it needs to still deliver that 33,000 every year up until 2030. So what that means is that LGCs will still be um, a certificate up until 2030. So we will still assume that we'll be using the, the clean energy regulators framework, including the LGCs and their register, up until 2030. It is interesting as a comment about the future of the program. We believe that once the renewable energy target is met, because currently the price of LGCs is, is quite high, and that therefore impacts the cost for green power because they need to purchase the, the certificate. So we believe that once the renewable energy target is met and the 33,000 gigawatt hours is met, the, the price of LGCs will reduce and that will make green power more effective. So. In addition, once the LGC price and that target has been met, there will be, unless there is other changes in terms of different different mandates from the um, various governments, there will be an additional role for green power because there will be no more or less drive from or obligations by retailers to do renewable energy. So it's, again, down to the voluntary market to be able to drive that demand, and that's where we think will happen in the future. We'll also probably become much more nimble in how we, the types of products that are offered, trying to have greater linkages so people can see exactly where their green power purchases have come from, because currently it is additional renewable energy, but being able to really make the link to specific projects and really becoming more engaged with the customer, we feel, is what's going, is what's in store for us for the future. So on those last comments, what's your relationship to community power schemes? Are you interested in buying from them? Absolutely. We believe that the community energy space, as well as large-scale well, purchases of energy and buyers groups, we think of the two kind of emerging markets on how people are, are purchasing green power so or purchasing renewable energy or producing renewable energy. So with this in mind, we recently came out with a new product, which is called Green Power Connect, which is specifically targeting these community energy and large-scale purchases of renewable energy. And what it does is basically enables a party to have a direct contract with a generator. So that would be a community energy group that's trying to get a generator up in their area mm -hmm. and being able to reduce the administration costs associated with doing so. And importantly, providing a tangible link and an ability to be able to brand through Green Power that you are supporting a specific project in your region. So it's a really great new new product. It's exciting, yeah. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So, Tim, I guess in terms of further information, you'd direct people to to your website? Absolutely. So the best place for, for all information to get contact details on how to reach us is through our Green Power website, which is www.greenpower.gov.au. Thank you. And, yeah, really encourage listeners who are interested to, to pursue that. And congratulations on your great program and your great work, Tim. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, we really appreciate having the, the chance to, to come and tell you all about it. So many no, thanks. That's a, a rare example of good stuff happening. Thanks very much for your time today. Listeners, we've been talking to Tim Stock about Green Power.
The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change solutions think tank, Beyond Zero Emissions, and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. And if you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, then you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. If you enjoy the program and would like to donate, just go to the BZE website and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and hope we'll catch you again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.